Okay, so your top five cartoon protagonists. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Talk about coming out of left field. Put you on the hot seat, right? Oh, top five cartoon protagonists. My gosh. You need a second to think? Oh, man. Well, you go first because I got to. Oh, I, I got mine off, off the cuff, bro. Okay, go ahead. Shoot. <laughs> I, I got you. In no particular order, though. But okay, um, and these entries might shock you. Uh, so I've got uh, Mickey Mouse. Okay. Um, Johnny Bravo. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> and Alvin. From Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks. We're talking the 80s cartoon, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yes, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Cartoon Network at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, man. Yeah, for all the Gen Z's out there listening, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Top five Um, cartoon protagonists. And I'll just Um, tell you, all them people that I just named, man, they were uh, goaded in their own right. They were all like hymns. They were all hymns of hymns. SpongeBob okay. is a him. Uh, you think so? Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse is a him. Well, when I say him, I'm I mean in the sense not not a pronoun. I mean him as a title, like like the champion, like the one. Oh, you mean like that dude, like Neo from the Matrix, like uh, him. Okay, I see what you like, mean. Yes, so um, Mickey Mouse so- is definitely him. Big him energy, for sure. I had to think. Well, no, Mickey Mouse, of course. I mean, and that was off the I, top, I, I, bro. Like I didn't even, <clears throat> I didn't even think about it. I just thought, who's all the hymns? Johnny Bravo, him, him for sure. Uh, in his own, in his own realm, in his own head, Johnny Bravo was him. <laughs> like, despite the outside world, but in his own, that's how I feel. I think Johnny Bravo was an Aquarius because I feel like I could be Johnny Bravo in a different sense, not with the women, but just like. <laughs> As a whole, just I like how you, I like how you had to specify that. Not about the women, but everything well, else. Johnny Bravo was just him as far as the women. He was like, you know, it was another character similar to Johnny Bravo was a boom Howard from the King of the Hill. King of the Hill, yes. Similar oh, character. Man. Oh man, they're gonna go and do that, man. They're gonna go and watch over them, man. They're gonna do that, man. Dango, 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 hang, dango, Bobby. Let's see, top five cartoon protagonists. Okay, so. One of them would definitely have to be Arnold from Hey Arnold. That definitely for sure. If you're talking Ooh. about someone that if someone that's like that dude, like he's him, he may not have like that bravado, but the kid was freaking smart. Let me tell you. The kid was smart. Arnold Arnold was <clears throat> like a true leader in the sense that you know how leaders don't always lead from the front. Right. Arnold was like he was a uh uh what is it called? Like a egalitarian leader where he just yeah he he could inspire if he wanted to he's he's not fires but he he, he orchestrates job done right yeah um who else um well i'd say bugs bunny is another one if you really think about it he basically iconic. has everybody everybody bending at his will pretty much um iconic so that's two um wow i didn't think I would have to answer this question with my chicken sandwich sitting next to me. Um, 
<laughs> um, tough world. Tough decisions. Yeah, tell, me, tell me about it. Um, we're talking cartoons, man. I got like I just got a whole oh Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. That's another one. That's a good choice. <laughs> you see, I think see, okay, go no, I think you know, I think Dexter he was a great he was an entertaining main character, I'll say. But if we're just talking about the him scale, I don't think Dexter was him. I don't think he was him. Well, you know, I think his, Dexter had, had a lot of failed moments. Yeah, well, nobody, nobody's perfect. I mean, <laughs> nobody's perfect. I mean, we're not, you know, um, who else? So that's three. It's just me. It's, it's like you mentioned that I got so many cartoons coming in my head right now. Um, I'm trying to think of Nickelodeon cartoons because you basically hit a lot of the Cartoon Network Hanna-Barbera type cartoons. Um, trying to think Nickelodeon. Oh, Tommy Pickles. That's one. Oh, Tommy's a him of hymns. He he was not only the hymns, he was that dude. He was my guy. He was the leader. He was everything. The heck with Angelica. She can she can kick rocks. Um, so that's four. (laughs) And then he won more. Um Gosh, I didn't think this would be so hard because all I used to do was watch cartoons back in the day. Um, I'd say Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Ed, from yeah, Ed, Ed, not 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 Ed, not Double D. No, yeah, Eddie, yeah, Eddie from Ed Eddie. And Eddie, yeah, Eddie. Oh, okay, yeah. So Eddie, um, yeah, that's another one for me. I don't think he's him. He, well, you know, he's a. Uh, you want to know? He why? had a lot of. He he almost. I think he almost exclusively failed. I think he well, was I an mean, exclusively. Uh, he he was an exclusive failure. Well, d- you know, despite his failures, he was always looking for something. He was all, basically he kind of he kind of reminds me a cartoon version of Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. where basically regardless of what happened, he was always trying to find a scheme to figure out how to get on top and and it would work for a little bit but then again these are cartoons so it's gonna go the other way for comedic effect of course i mean so i mean if you i guess i'm guessing thinking more of the attitude than the success rate than anything because they would go and double d and ed would go and follow him you know stealing jawbreakers and messing with the canker sisters and all that so you know i mean or messing with plank and you know johnny and all that and which plank is a completely different, you know, that's another subject for another day. You know, that's you know what I, I do like about that. Ed, Ed, and Eddie? I like, what? I like that the fact that um, in Ed, Ed, and Eddie, everybody was like equally yoked in the fact that I don't think anybody ever was like a clear, like, I'm like always ending up on top. No, I feel like all no. the characters had their share of failures in. And well, I think trials that's what endeared and tribulations. That car- right. I think that's what endeared that cartoon to a lot of us because it wasn't like it's not like I was watching Captain Planet and it's like, oh, the power is yours. It's like, oh, exactly. it's just a huge hot mess and it's great. Yeah, like there was no clear cut <laughs> like Bugs Bunny like ends up on top at the end of every episode. He always outsmarts mm-hmm. Elmer Fudd or the Roadrunner right. always outsmarts the Coyote. There was nobody mm-hmm. on that show that what was that i said meep meep oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah roadrunner roadrunner is him also 
if you really yeah. want to get into it. I, I, he's not a main character, but he's a him. I forgot about Roadrunner. See, now I'm thinking Looney Tunes. I mean, though I did say Bugs Bunny, but hmm, that's interesting. Now, nah, gosh, I I still I'm still like you. You definitely did throw me off with the uh, Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. I used to absolutely adore that cartoon as a kid. Oh so man, I, like as Alvin, soon as you said it, I knew what you were talking about. Alvin was the Michael Jackson of that group. Like, yes, he was. He 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 was the only one with. He had the big A on his shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, was he the only one with a hat? Do the other ones have hats? I don't think so. They, they all have hats? Or it was just Alvin? He had a red hat. Yeah. And he had an A on his shirt. Yeah, like Alvin. Like, he was the one. He was definitely him. He was the lead well, Al- singer. Well, Alvin did definitely... Yeah, Alvin did have a hat. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I had to I had to confirm it with the Google machine. <laughs> like, how did sure he get a hat? Crazy. Who was their parents? Did they have parents? chipmunks or no, were they raised by like humans or something i, I don't think they ever expanded into that maybe i maybe i you know maybe they mentioned it but i don't ever remember that i just remember that they were just you know you know i forget i think i forget the name of the guy that was uh that owned them or they took care of him his name simon i think oh yeah his name was simon yeah oh I just came up with another one. Garfield. <laughs> oh Garfield. man. Garfield. I have like a I have a strong disdain for Garfield, but oh, at the same time, I, I can oh, I appreciate man. Garfield and what he represents. He represents the this the the lazy I'm always gonna get by community. You know, he just slides on by, eats his lasagna, and everything's Great all cartoon, good. Though. Great cartoon. <laughs> Um, he he always did Odie so wrong, so dirty. Oh, Odie was also had the intelligence of a bug. So I mean, <laughs> Garfield took full advantage of that yes, of did. that lack of intelligence. You know, so I mean, oh, I got another one then. Uh, um, Jerry, no, Jerry from Tom and Jerry. Yeah, the mouse. Ah, yeah. No, you're right. That that you definitely got a good point with that. He's very shifty, very, very, very smart. Um, I do. There was a there was a clip I was watching. Funny you mentioned that. I was watching it earlier today on Twitter, and I was also on the toilet because that's just Twitter and the toilet seem to be hand in hand and everything. And yeah, it was when he got he got. I think it was either a dog. I forget. They were fighting over trying to get him, and he had them basically dueling over each other and then basically hurting each other after a certain point, forgetting about him. <laughs> he led them to that in the first place. I'm like, wow. They really put a lot of thought in these damn cartoons back in the day. <laughs> so. uh, Tom and Jerry, I believe, is a master class cartoon. It's probably a top five cartoon ever made. Oh, absolutely. All around, just from the animation to the to the situations to everything mm-hmm. i just think that cartoon was like a master class and for it to be to come out in what the 50s 60s i don't even know what time period Before, that cartoon came talking out 40s 50s 40s okay even earlier yeah that master class cartoon couldn't ask for more um let's see you know, you got me thinking about good cartoons now before we go on to what you wanted to talk about. 1940, by the way, is when that came out. 
1940. Yes. So that and they still hold up very well to this day. The animation style, the writing, the the themes. Um, another cartoon that I will say is up there, and this is going to kind of sound a little weird, but Ren and Stimpy. And I'll tell you why. Ren and Stimpy was a great cartoon. Ren and Stimpy. You 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 watch it as an adult nowadays, and it's insanely hilarious. There's like so much. There's there's so much. Oh gosh, you watch it as a kid, and you just see a crazy cat and dog going around, you know, acting a fool. Very very distinct animation style. Right. You watch it as an adult. It's like, yo, they're getting into some like psychedelic deep themes when it comes to like mental health and all that and a lot of people don't realize that you know i believe that too they dealt with a lot of it a long time oh dude if you just sit there and watch an episode they deal with like you know adult themes like drugs and depression and like all that stuff and it's it's really interesting and the only thing that kind of scars it and I and, and and it sucks that this is what happened, but the guy that created it, John Chris Falusi, whatever however the the heck you pronounce his name, but <clears throat> turns out he's kind of a creep. But not 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 the but for the creep thing, just when he came up with the idea of the cartoon, it was it was supposed to, you know, get people to think, but also be a kid's cartoon at the same time. That's why they if you if you actually right. look up the history of that cartoon, they had a lot of a lot of infighting with Nickelodeon because they wanted to, you know, this is around the nineties. You got, you know, Rugrats and, you know, you know, all these, you know, kid friendly cartoons and this and the fourth. And then you got freaking <laughs> Red and Stippy making sexual Cr- innuendos. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That cartoon was nuts. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I see clips here and there, like clips get spread all the time on social media of just, the the nuttery that uh was going on on that show and i just yeah i remember so many like crazy situations that they were in the oh, yeah the, the, the happy happy joy joy song in itself is demented because they're basically being forced to sing it because they have these things on their heads so it's kind of like it's a thing on controlling and trying to free yourself from you know powers that be in terms of like trying to keep you down and all that and i'm not trying to dig too deep with it that's what it's about this <laughs> you know? thing about crack it up i'm literally um, about to go back and watch that cartoon now i haven't seen it in so long man now it's on Paramount. I haven't seen Plus. it in so long. Yeah, we're about to go and watch that. Shout out to whoever's Paramount Plus I'm using. I'm about to go and watch Ren and Stimpy. If you see it in your history, um, I'm watching it. Don't continue watching it because you're going to mess up my uh, position. So, definitely going to do that. Yes, definitely, definitely. But um, if you guys didn't already notice, we're here. It's the Malcolm Bats podcast i'm your host the water bearer malcolm bats and i have john luke shapiro the three-time all-star back in the <laughs> game fully hydrated you remember that peyton manning commercial it was like it's peyton manning uh how'd it go it was like peyton manning 
fully hydrated or something like that. I forgot what I forgot what he was marketing, but it was just like it's Peyton Manning, fully hydrated. He it's was in somebody's Gatorade, backyard. It, it might have been. It might have been, but I don't think it was. It might have been. Hmm. Not sure. I, I gotta remember look it up. that. I don't remember that. Yeah, man. Um, a lot of weird commercials from our childhood that just randomly pop into my head. I could, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Gatorade. Yeah, it was a Gatorade commercial. Yeah, it was Gatorade. Yeah, had to be Gatorade. <laughs> had to be Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, he was he was signed to Gatorade, or he did have a yeah Gatorade endorsement. That makes sense. But yes, I am um, I am hydrated. By the way, if if anyone wanted to know, um, so I've taken. You better be uh, hydrated, like, brother. This the water bearer uh, yeah, podcast. I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd hope you're not you drinking know. water though. I do have water with me here. I have a actually funny talk about Gatorade. The Gatorade bottle full of water next to me, right here. <laughs> That's my. Water you have a Gatorade bag. container, like from a a team. Where did you get that? Like, did you buy that? Is, did you steal dad, it? No, my dad got this for me at Models for fifteen dollars. Oh, before they went out of business, huh? Before they went out of business, yeah. <laughs> and then I have um, I have some Poland Springs. Shout out right to Models. Oh, yeah, Poland and then Springs. so that keeps me hydrated throughout the day and the night so i'm constantly going to the bathroom and then i didn't get a chance to finish eating my food yet so i got my arizona arnold the uh, arnold palmer half and half iced tea and lemonade because i'm a senior citizen so hey brother ain't nothing wrong with a little arizona i, I like arizona iced tea so i'm a i'm a fan of, i'm a fan of the half and half and i'm a fan of the um the mango i like the mango, uh, arizona What's the purple one? Watermelon purple, I think. I think I bought. Like, I've never something. tried it. It's never good. tried it. I, I go, I go, I go ham, as the kids like to say, with that one. Do I have any cans here? No. But anyways, that's me. I'm John Luke. I'm hydrated. <laughs> and I don't know if you uh, noticed, John, but um, uh, I might have sent it to you, or I, maybe I didn't. But the numbers just came back in, and they said that this podcast is the number one rated podcast. Amongst people whose favorite character in Dragon Ball Z was Vegeta. No, I didn't get that, but that's nice yes. to know. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you yeah. what, Vegeta was my favorite character back in the day, so that kind of checks out. It's been a while since... tar- yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I always wanted Vegeta to win, and I hated when he was always having to fight Goku because he's a freaking moron, but yeah. We can have a whole episode about how terrible I think some of the writing is in Dragon Ball Z. By the way, I love Dragon Ball Z. One of my favorite anything. One of my favorite just pieces of content ever. I don't think I would even be who I am today if Dragon Ball Z didn't exist as a whole. Right. And it's crazy because that's going to kind of lead us into our topic for today. But um, yeah, just touch on Dragon Ball Z. The writing, man. Terrible. <laughs> terrible writing just you know you know what's terrible about you know you know what the worst thing there's a lot of bad things that dragon ball z has done over the years but one of the worst things they've done is in dragon ball super i haven't watched all of dragon ball super i've seen enough though and i know goku has this form now where it's uh ultra instinct where he basically just dodges everything all right have okay. you watched super i have not seen super the last so I, for a reference okay. point the last thing i saw was like the finale of Dragon Ball Z. I think I think 
I, I was anticipating what was it dragon ball gt like dragon ball 2000 or something like that and then i just stopped watching after that so my memory is very clouded on that so, i would have preferred that yeah. you know gt is not canon anymore gt was uh like an alternate universe or something because really? super is now the actual canon timeline of what you know what takes place so but Boy. goku has this form right I'm going to just say this. Goku has this form. It's called Ultra Instinct. Basically, the form is you might as well call it like Ultra Plot Device or something or Ultra <laughs> ult, like I don't know, man. So like, it's just he just dodges just for, everything. It's just the, there the, for a plot point. Well, the the like um basically the form is just he just dodges everything. That's it. Like he, he can't else. be hit. Yeah, like he he has these instincts where he can dodge things before he knows what's coming at him before it even like he's just a cheat code now. They just found another way to make as if Goku wasn't already an OP cheat code character. Yeah, now he can just dodge anything like I'm just like, man, terrible writing good grief overpowered character. I hate the way they and I love Goku as a character, too, but I just think the way they. I, I have a, so, so many issues, man. I don't know if I want to get into the rabbit hole of just the issues with Dragon Ball Z. Well, that could be another, go another, another podcast for another day because we could sit here and talk about that until the cows come home, as they say. Yeah, but <laughs> I will say I will say definitely. I will say that um, Dragon Ball Z, going back to the cartoon topic we just started with, Dragon Ball Z had two hymns. I believe Goku and Vegeta are both him. I believe mm-hmm. Vegeta is him. This is what I think. Vegeta is him until Goku shows up and then Goku <laughs> and then and then Vegeta Vegeta looks at Goku like, "Oh wow, I'm not him. He's actually Yeah, him. he's him." Like, right. Like he feel, I'm not I who like, I thought I was. I feel like that happened every episode. Honestly, from what they I They always have remember. to figure out a way to humble Vegeta every episode. Uh, yeah, make him believe that he's not who he is. And that's the thing that used to annoy me was when I'd watched it. I'm like, yo, why they got a clown on Vegeta all the time? Like, come on, man. I used to, so I used to have the, um, like the little figures and it was, I had, uh, Goku and Vegeta, of course. I didn't have anybody else. I just, I would watch it and I'd have them in my hand. And I always wanted, like, Vegeta to win. But then, like, it's just like, nah, fam, humble. Never. Every time. Never. I'm like, <laughs> damn, dude can't catch a break. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about it, how ridiculous that is. Like, <laughs> you see, I'm like nah, going back into it my time. It's like, damn, they really like sun this guy every time they saw him. I just think the <laughs> ultimate mistake that they made as a whole was making, was just making Goku so overpowered. And it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool seeing Goku reach these new levels and stuff like oh, that yeah but of course he he left everybody else in the dust they just made mm-hmm. him so overpowered that the rest of the team is useless like right. nobody else can fight the opponents that goku is going to fight it's like right. it just got to be him yeah so it makes no sense like <sighs> yeah we get it it's primarily about him but kind of dial him back a little bit come on i give him a moment even even come on, man. All right, this is my last thing, and I'm gonna get off it because we need this needs to be a whole another episode. But um, um, even uh, when the Majin Buu saga started, and 
you know, Goku was dead, so it was supposed to be Gohan was supposed to be the, mm-hmm. the main guy. But after a while, they just sort of just threw Gohan's progression away in the trash and just brought Goku back to life and said, okay, yeah. this is the Goku show now. Like, yep. Forget everything we was building up with Gohan, <laughs> Goku show. Just like, dude. That's not where the money's this- at. And wasn't there rules like you can't come back to life multiple times? Goku came back to life like five or six times. Every time, no matter what. He'd get a hole blown through him. He just comes back to life somehow. And they figure out a new way. You have to go and see this guy, and then you got to do this, and then you come back to life. It's like, like, are there rules to death? What is the point of death? (laughs) That's like, that's that's another problem I have with everything. What? Yeah. It's like, what? And just a quick point to last touch on that. That's like what they did with Star Wars. And that's what they did with the whole force healing thing. Like, okay, so Obi-Wan couldn't heal Qui-Gon. But now Rey all of a sudden can heal Kylo Ren when he gets stabbed in the stomach. Like, anyways, so it's like that. It's like, what, what, what laws do we apply? But anyways, I don't want to, I don't want to get carried away with that. Inconsistency is a drug best served cold. Terrible. Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, man, we're gonna get out of that. We're gonna get out of that. Uh, by the way, shout out to all the um, shout out to everybody listening. Uh, appreciate your viewership. Me and John love you guys individually and as a collective. Love, love, kiss, kiss, thumbs up. Dog. All that good stuff. <laughs> So I have a concept that I wanted to uh, I wanted to share today. Um, I was thinking about touching on Dragon Ball Z. You have every character has a base form. Right. And then you can they power up into their different power ups. Goku, for example, has his base form. He powers up in Super Saiyan one, two, three, whatever. Ultra plot point ultra plot device whatever you want to call that form uh super saiyan god he has a lot of them right and i believe us as humans we also have these same abilities we all have a base form we all have a uh i believe that we're all merely just spirits having a human experience so these bodies that we're in right now, they're just vessels for us to have this human experience. This is not us. These are shells, if you want to say that. We're really just spirits inside these shells inhabiting this. But I think in the midst of having these uh, human experiences, we're able to reach certain plateaus, um, sort of power up. Have you seen the animated movie Soul? I've seen pieces of it, but I know what you're talking about. So Soul is a a Pixar movie, yeah, I believe. And um, yeah, so there's basically this thing when uh, your spirit sort of leaves your body when you're doing something really intense and, you know, they call it in the zone your spirit sort of leaves you. you're having an outer body experience you know when they they that thing you they always say about sports when a player is like playing in a in a zone and they're having an outer body experience they're right. really in the zone those right. moments they depicted that in the movie where you're sort of your spirit leaves your body and you're like watching yourself do what you're doing and you're just like in it 
So oh, I feel like that is chance. yes. And so yeah, in the movie they called it the zone. So I feel mm-hmm. like um that's one of our level ups that we can reach. Our base form is just how we walk around normally. Just your normal demeanor. You wake up your normal tone of your day. But then you have those those moments where you can power up to that um like something for me like you know i play basketball and i think if i'm playing basketball and i hit a intense moment in the game where i'm starting to make shots and just really in the flow of the game and really just not thinking as a human not really uh thinking too much you're just sort of in it you're living through your spirit and you're just doing it you know i think we all have something we all have a moment in time where we're able to just tap into that extra level. Um, do you, what is that for you? So, excuse me. <laughs> so, you, I, I, I agree with that for the most part because I know that having had a few out of body experiences myself, um, I understand that you know you you hit it right on the head that our bodies are just fleshly vessels now i come from a you know a more i don't like to use the word religious because what i believe in isn't considered religion when you take the word religion the word religion means man-made i don't believe in something that's man-made i believe in something that's made by god you know i'm a i'm a you know i'm a christian man so i i do i do believe in the faith and the bible does say that you know we are spirits inside this vessel and you know when we die, our physical body goes into the ground and our spiritual vessel goes up into heaven or, or to hell. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I do believe that. Um, outer body experiences. Um, a lot of that, I feel, goes a lot with hand in hand on how your brain is wired. So when you, like right now, we're at our base form because we're, you know, we're in we're in the moment, we're in reality right now. But you mentioned, you know, um, you're, you know, when you play sports, you know, that, that, that comes I'm actually, with... I'm actually in the zone right now at this very okay, moment. Well, I'm not in my base go. form. Okay. That's, that's I'm, great. I'm to zoned hear. out right now, this, buddy. This is, this is peak Malcolm. I like it. Um, <laughs> so like uh, an example I'll give with that is, um, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you before, but you know, when they say your life flashes before your eyes, that is an outer body experience. I've had that happen to me before. Right. You know, you actually do see your life flash before your eyes. Like I remember we were, it was me and a couple of friends and we were, it was right after Hurricane Sandy in 2012 and we were, <clears throat> we were going to donate blood. All right. So we go and, you know, we're already messed up because we didn't eat. So we're all like, Ugh. so, so then something happened. We're coming back from this place in like South Jersey we're on the parkway and all of a sudden there's like a stop somebody got hit in front of us and traffic just came to a halt somebody was going like 110 behind us comes and misses and hits a few people and then hits the car that i'm in on the same side that i'm sitting on i could see the car right up the side of my friend's car and i'm looking and immediately i started remembering things when i was a kid that I can't like I remember visually seeing it. It was like a movie just going by really fast over my face. 
I've never talked about this publicly on a platform before. This is the first time I'm actually telling people about this on like a on like a show. So I remember seeing all these things and feeling all these feelings, and it's like it felt so long in such a tiny period, and then immediately right back into reality. And that's when the adrenaline kicked in. So that's another experience of outer body, you know, like not, you know, being in the zone, very similar. And also having played sports, I know exactly how that is, except, you know, I wasn't very good. So like I would do something and then I'd fail and then I get snapped right back into it. But it is true though, as us as humans, we can, depending on your, your brain capacity and how your, your brain is wired, you can find yourself outside of where you are and you can have connections to realms that you cannot see but you can feel too i've had those experiences too now there might be some people that don't believe in a higher power you know what that you know everybody believes what they want to believe but i can tell you for sure that there have been times for myself that when i've meditated and focused on god I have felt something that wasn't of this earth and I was outside of my body and I vividly can see myself like in that moment as it's happening and I can recall it and I can feel it and it courses through my body and then bam, right back to reality. But it's a visceral feeling. It's very real. It's cathartic. You know what I mean? So I get you on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Even uh, a really, um, a really uh, potent sort of uh, representation, or another form, I would say, um, that it manifests in is uh, your survival instincts, mm-hmm. right? That's a it's form that flight. you don't. Yes, you don't tap into that unless it's literally it. It you summon it. It just happens. You know, mm-hmm. you don't just. You don't just walk. You don't you can't just wake up and just be in survival mode. It, right. You know, you might think some people might think they wake up and like every day I'm just survival mode. But no, survival mode is like a real mm-hmm. thing that you don't experience until you're in it. Like I right. have an example like today. Right. So I took my son to the park and, you know, we're just in the park, open field. I wanted to take him to somewhere where it's an open field or he could just run around. He likes to run around and just get into stuff. So mm-hmm. I wanted to so, so kind of go somewhere where I don't have to worry about him getting into something that I don't that right. I have to like uh, micromanage him or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, so he goes to a field and he has a ball and, you know, he's kicking it around, uh, you know, just whatever, whatever. We're just playing. Um, and then he sort of wanders further away. I'm I'm sort of reco- I'm starting to record him at this point. I'm just like recording him and stuff like that. I send it to uh my parents just to, you know, send them a video of like what's he's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're like, "Oh, yeah, that's great." And my dad's like, "Um watch out for uh foxes and coyotes." Right? Mm-hmm. There was a video that just surfaced that a, a woman was attacked by a fox in New Jersey, right? I don't know if you've seen you haven't seen this no, video. No, I haven't seen I that. Could, oh. I'll send it to you if I could find okay. it. But um yeah, so a woman was attacked by a fox. She was literally standing, I guess, in front of her house or in front of somebody's house. She was on her phone 
And then a fox, a stray fox ran up behind mm-hmm. her and just bit her on the leg and was attacking her. She had to fight oh the fox God. off for like oh my God. Three minutes until um yeah, somebody else came. Some guy Jeez. came outside with a stick or something, scared the fox away. But oh my so God. my thought when my dad said that, it was funny at first, but then I thought about it like what would I actually do? I was really st- sitting there with my son playing. Like, what would I actually do if a fox came out of nowhere and attacked us right now? And I thought immediately, yes, it would be survival mode because I would pick him up and I would I would try to run, get him to the car. The fox would probably bite me in my leg or something. Mm-hmm. Like, if the fox was attacking us, I would get I would get hit. I would get bit, but. You don't think about that when you're in that survival mode. It's like a rare sort of uh, situation to be in because obviously I'm not going to let him get attacked by the fox. So I'm going to have to pick him up and I'm going to have to take that for myself. Right. That, you know, that's something that you don't normally think about. And the thing is, you because your adrenaline is going, if you're in that Mm -hmm. situation, you're not even going to feel the fox attacking you. You're just thinking, how do I get my son to safety? And then how do we get out of here? And that's your right. only thought. And then afterwards, you know, you'll yeah, you after the that. aftershock, you'll you'll feel it like, oh wow, right. got bit by a fox. Like that's crazy. But um well, that's really those, big. Um, survival moments are yeah, they're huge. Right. That that's really big. That that really happens a lot when people have either traumatic experiences or also, you know how they say, um, you know, when it's like uh, oh, that person would never harm someone. Well, you push someone, you push someone to a point, they're gonna do it, you know. And that's where that survival oh, yeah. mode comes in. If you if you push somebody mentally to their limit, they it doesn't matter what happens. Humans, we are not perfect creatures. We are imperfect creatures, so we are prone to fail. I, I I believe the human race is very imperfect. We are we are we are a flawed species. We are. It's just it's it's true. We are we are far from perfect. You know, can we achieve some form of perfection? Yeah, but it's not perfection because we always end up falling short. So um you know, as humans, you mentioned the 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 protective aspect of um fight or flight and in you know, instinct and all that. Someone tries to threaten your well-being, like how you mentioned with the fox, but it's another human. You're not thinking after a while, if this person is in is going to possibly end your life, the person's not thinking, well, they're a human. I'm not going to do that. No. You push someone's buttons more than enough. They're going to have that outer body experience where they exit their base form and go into survival form and actually kill someone. That's big. So when they say, oh, that person's not capable of that. Well, you push somebody to a certain point, you're going to drive them to that mentally, physically, emotionally. It's there. It'll happen. It's happened before. So that also plays a part in that as well. Yeah, you you can't, um, you know, bullying somebody or just overall uh, picking on a person or just trying to take advantage of a person until they reach their breaking point uh, will definitely push somebody into uh, a different plane. But what do we, mm-hmm. oh, what do we call that? Is w- would you call that a survival? 
survival mode would you call that a i'd call a fight it, or call flight it, it would it would, it would it's, be it's the same fight or flight's more appropriate because what ends up happening when you like you don't think you just act you know it's very it's very primalistic very animal you know animals do that and and when you when you go when you touch on that and when you go to um like because the thing is the base form thing you know uh i recognize that from dragon ball z initially that's where i first get that idea from and that's mm -hmm. basically that's basically what happens in dragon ball z when they first turn super saiyan when goku first turned super saiyan it happens usually when they reach a new form it always happens out of a fight or flight moment it right. always happens out of a moment where somebody they care about's in trouble their backs against the wall and mm -hmm. somebody it's when push comes to shove when the rubber meets the road whatever expression you want to use right that's when it usually um manifests and you know that they they derove that from real life they, Absolutely. they got that oh, yeah. idea from real life so i believe yes we all have yes we don't become our hair doesn't turn blonde and we don't <laughs> start to fly and stuff oh, like that man. but it's that's what i wanted but, to happen i wanted to have the blonde hair <laughs> Hey, it's not too late, brother. You could die. I mean, do what you got to uh, do. No, nah, man, I pass. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, yeah, uh, those moments definitely uh, happen in real life. And they manifest in less spectacular ways than the cartoons and animations would depict. But they definitely right. happen. We we've all been in those moments where we've all been in moments where we've we, our buttons have been pushed to a breaking point. We've all been there, and mm -hmm. um, we all know how that feels. So, right. and you know, it doesn't feel like a normal conscious state. It feels like I've I I've been pushed to a point where I've been summoning all this energy or this this energy has been put into me, and now like I'm just sort of propelling it back got to come out somehow you know yeah there's a there's a term in communication it's called sandbagging and if i'm remembering this correctly sandbagging is basically like building up a lot and then just kind of like throwing it at someone after a certain point now here's something interesting that i'm thinking about while we have this conversation <clears throat> so you were talking about that sort of um that sort of you know reaction and you know that experience as you go through like fight or flight but it can also happen not only just without a sports but it can also happen while you're using your you know your mind for a creative endeavor for example i can tell you certain times i've done stand-up comedy i've gone up there and i'm so focused a lot of it really comes from focus where i don't even remember what i said it, usually all of it just like how taking a jump shot comes naturally when you're practicing it more than enough when you do a set <clears throat> you have to know it. the term is you have to know it cold so basically you you could just pick it up out of your head and just start doing it and each time the, the important thing about comedy is you there's rhythms there's patterns there's um you know underlying words there's you know overlying words there's you know stuff you have to you know reinforce stuff you have to say out loud timing and all that if you have that down pat and you go up there similar to like an adrenaline rush you go up and you just start telling jokes it really is kind of like a rush and there have been times i i, I there's times where i can't even recall some of the stand-up that i've done 
has it been good some of it yeah some of it no but you know when you're in that moment that's sort of out of body experience because after a while you can actually see yourself actually doing it and in that self you can actually better yourself once you really begin to collect your thoughts and i think on a certain scale you can probably you know in 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 some words or another you could probably talk to comedians about that and that's probably one of the things they'll tell you they'll remember some of it but the one thing they'll remember is just how they felt not about what they said so i was just thinking about that when you're talking about like base form and you know yeah that um putting things out there yeah the zone type of form that that comes in i feel like in any aspect of life yeah obviously it's not just uh sports it's definitely all aspects of life just whatever it is i just believe it's when you are able to do something at a high level Mm -hmm. for a consistent period of time without thinking about it it's just reaction based and also something that you sort of said uh you know, when you just mentioned uh, comedians knowing they're set cold, I feel like you don't consistently get into that zone form without preparation and practice, mm-hmm. whatever right. it is, like mm-hmm. across the board. It might be able to happen once in a blue moon without any practice, just pure luck. Like you can, you might not practice playing basketball, but you might once in a blue moon once in a millennium get on a court and start making all your shots it just might be like everything just aligned perfectly the stars are aligned but mm-hmm. you don't get to that point can you're not going to be able to do it the next day the next day unless you practice that people that practice and preparate for the things that they do they're able to reach that zone consistently every single right. day a comedian that practices their set and practices their whole routine on a consistent basis every night they could hit the zone every night it could be the zone it's not likely that it's going to be like that but you have a greater chance of doing it if you if you have the proper preparation right the success rate will be more you know than others and that that's really what separates a lot of good performers and and you know i'll use a baseball term here because it really does actually relate so baseball is the hardest sport to play like at least when it comes to making contact with the ball so you have a lot of players like so baseball it's a it's a it's from february well basically regular season april all the way to october pretty much maybe november so you can have a lot of fragments within the season the reason why i mentioned that there was a guy i think his name was chris shelton something shelton i can't put his name too much on it but he played for the Detroit Tigers in the first month of the season. The Tigers are terrible, by the way, at this point. I mean, they, they turned out to be good that year, but that month they were terrible. This guy comes in, and, and he completely just obliterates the baseball in the zone, just com- like putting up numbers that you wouldn't think this random guy from, you know, uh, non-roster invitee or whatever is putting up these numbers he's hitting home runs he's driving in a ton of runs everyone's like wow this guy's really really good but then you really look at it and the guy was kind of average he locked out into that month into getting all those you know to that performance 
<laughs> the second May started, you didn't see him on the team like three months after that. So that kind of adds to what you're saying. It's like, you know, you got a guy in baseball similar to LeBron James, like status wise. His name is Shohei Otani, Japanese guy. He's a pitcher and he's a hitter. He's phenomenal. That is somebody that can turn it on every night. Not a Chris Shelton, Shohei Otani, similar to like LeBron. Like LeBron, you know, more nights than not is going to dominate the court. Or even like when Kobe was around, more likely than not, he's going to go into Mamba mode and he's going to, you know, he was going to go insane. I'm not a big basketball guy, but I knew that much about Kobe. So when it comes to getting getting into that zone, whether you're a comedian or you're a um, or a performer or an athlete or, you know, even with whatever that you do on a regular basis, a lot of that comes from practice. And like you said, you have to it's cultivation is what it is. You have to cultivate that skill. I'm not going to go outside right now and start pretending I'm like a, you know, like a freaking basketball player or I'm going to learn how to operate heavy machinery. You got to train yourself, you know. But here's another thing, too, that I think is important. <clears throat> I think intelligence plays a lot a part of it because I feel as if, yes, if somebody does it and they're not too smart, they can really get away with it with just kind of reaction. But a lot of the people who can really rise above are usually the ones that are really thoughtful. Or I don't want to use the word smart too much, but it's more or less like they have depth. You look at a guy like Dave Chappelle, for example, very thoughtful. The guy can go up there and do a set cold. He can get into that zone. But the thing about Chappelle, you actually listen to the guy talk. He's a very thoughtful individual. Norm MacDonald, same thing. You know, he just passed away. The guy said the corniest jokes ever, but there was a method to that madness on the way he delivered it. And he was actually, turns out, a very thoughtful guy. So when he could go up there and do a set cold. But then you have, like, on the other side of the spectrum, you have, like, a I'm not trying to sit here and talk bad about comedians or talk about comedy all the time. It's just this is a good analogy for me to you know talk in relation to that. You have a guy like freaking Dane Cook. Nah, you know, he was able to pull it off a little bit here or there, but no one's batting the down door, batting down the door. Oh, I gotta see Dane Cook. I gotta see Dane Cook. Because it wasn't really that great. Couldn't really turn it on. Like he just relied I, I think on there's gimmicks. a... I think there's a, a distinguishing um, there's a distinguishing factor that I feel like can't really be quantified in the conversation also because right. I think there's a difference between there's a difference between performing well and then being in the zone. Right. For me, I, I view um okay, I'll just use I'll just use um let let's not even use basketball. Let's say uh tiger woods let's say tiger woods let's say tiger woods has a great 18 hole mind you i don't know that much about golf but i'll just say tiger woods has a great 18 holes he plays a great um has a great tour right or a great game and you know just a great game he's a great player we expect him to have great games um but then he has a game where he he just couldn't miss like everything was just working. And I feel like whatever it is, um, even a, a forklift driver, 
you know, you can have a forklift driver to have a, a great day, make a few mistakes here and there. But overall, they did their job well and they had a great, successful work day. But then there's days when, like, they just can't. Everything they do is just on point, on time. They turn the fork the correct direction. At, at the, they pick up whatever they need to pick up perfectly on the first attempt get it to where it needs to go put it perfectly like tetris everything just stacked up (laughs) like i feel like um there's there's something that can't really be quantified in that in the ability to uh, that's why i just think it's uh it's it's really just a spiritual sort of thing like yes you need to preparate to get to that level to be able to even put yourself in that in that field or in that room right but once you're in that room there's just a level you could tap into unconsciously and it's yes Mm -hmm. it's through preparation and it's through um yeah the thoughtfulness of it but then also the the ability to just be so good at it that you don't even you don't even need to think about it you Mm -hmm. just sort of just go like your your spirit just takes over for your body like your body is the thing. Your body and your mind is the thing that really thinks for you and has you do do a lot of things. But I think your spirit is the thing that separates you and like, OK, you guys take a rest. I got this. I'm going to mm-hmm. drive. And your spirit right. will just navigate you through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just be like maybe a baseball player, a pitcher throwing like a um, what is it? A shutout. Uh, uh, is that the when a pitcher uh when nobody hits anything off of a pitcher that's a well you have a no hitter in a perfect game perfect games harder to get but it's just a no hitter shutout is when they don't score but okay no right. hitter is when they don't get any hits no runs or whatever but right we could tell i don't watch baseball but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but um yeah uh, no, a no hitter but, yeah if a pitcher throwing a, a pitcher throwing a no hitter that I don't think you I don't think you can do that unless unless you preparated but then you hit that special peak you're in that rare oh, no, form you're not in your right. base form anymore. No, everything yeah. has to go right. And if you actually listen to when pitchers uh talk about like you know a lot of beat reporters will ask them so how did you feel? They're so in the zone where they're like they ask, "Oh, when did you realize you were throwing a no-hitter? When did you realize you were throwing a perfect game?" more than 50%, actually more, the pitchers will tell you, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just went there, was throwing the ball, and then all like, like there was one instance I remember I, there was um, <laughs> there was a guy, I forget who it was, but he threw a perfect game. And that's the hardest to do because a perfect game means you don't get anybody on base, no runs, no hits. It's basically 27 up because that's the amount of outs you have to get. 27 up 27 down like immaculate he goes i didn't even realize i was doing that until like i saw the catcher come running up to me and i'm thinking man that's something and that you're definitely not in your base form if you're throwing a perfect game and that doesn't happen very often you know a no hitter yeah you can give up a run you can give up a walk but you don't give up any hits perfect game is like the pinnacle of pitching and almost every time somebody is on that mound they're like i don't even remember you know so and and it's crazy that you say that because specifically with sports i feel like sports are the sports are really the only place where 
you get a reaction from the uh, performer right after their performance, so right. to speak. You know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you interview the player right after the game, so you get mm-hmm. their immediate reaction. And these guys, when they have those sort of moments, they come off the field or the court. They don't even know what they just did. They, they don't, don't really they understand. Are. Like they don't understand the magnitude of what just happened. Like they know they right. performed well and they're happy with their performance, but it's something mm-hmm. more. It's just like they don't even they can't even explain what they did because mm-hmm. it's like they wasn't even in control of it. It's like, right. I know I'm good. I know I'm able to do these sort of things, but right. it's just something else just took over that situation. And, you know, I wish, you know, I wish you can, I wish we can like interview um, just regular people having those moments mm-hmm. in real time or just right. get some sort of feedback. Cause obviously we don't get that from anybody else, but athletes. Right. But I guarantee across the board, a singer having a perfect Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. Oh, yeah. That was like I was just going to mention pinnacle. music, too. You're right. I was going to mention music. And, and, and I have a little story now that I remember um, where this actually happened to me. Um, so it took and I, I won't be ashamed to admit this. It took me about four or five times for me to get my driver's license. Uh, certain extenuating circumstances and previous attempts prevented me from doing it. But I remember... Did it, did it, one... take, you, did, did it take you four or five times to, to pass the road test or just to get to the point no, no, to no, take the road no, test? the road test. It was the road test. Oh, I, man, okay. I, I'm, not that, I'm not that dense. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Gotcha. Um, so, no, because I was going to um, say, I'm sorry to cut you off again, but I was going to say that it took me a while to... To get to the point to take the road test, I failed. No, the, no, no, the, no. The written test a bunch of times. And no, listen. It took me. It took me two times to pass the written test. That right. that was fine because that's all study. But what ended up happening to me was so by this point, just to put it in in a frame of context, um, I had a bad experience at you know at one place where the guy basically threatened to fail me because you know we called him out on some nonsense that he tried to pull on me and my friend because i was riding my friend's car um and then i went to one place and i didn't know the road and i failed on that so i was already very frustrated by this time because i really wanted to get my driver's license you know i already know how to drive i was driving people's cars all the time but i just needed something for me to say hey you're not gonna go to jail if you do this so um my my dad signed me up for and there's a reason why i'm mentioning all this because it's all important part of the story so my dad signed me up for classes the same day that i was going to get my test all right he paid for it and he didn't have to i was going to pay for it myself but all right whatever so I, I scheduled it in a place in Jersey that was very relaxed. I did this purposely. It was 30 minutes from it's 30 minutes from where I'm at. So, you know, it was, you know, easier because I don't want to go to the places near me here because they're terrible. You know, everybody says they're crap. So I decided to go somewhere else. So if I go and I pass t- on the first time. They they pass everybody over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Um so I go to the the instructor, and we we he says, "Oh, where which place are you going to? I'll go into this place." All right, so he sets up the course like how it is, right? right. So I never I'll never forget his name. His name was Ronnie, this Dominican guy. He was great. 
basically teaches me everything and it just became muscle memory but we did it like f- maybe 15 20 times near my Shout house out to ronnie the, ronnie the ronnie the dominican driving instructor you're the man Shout um, out to ronnie, the dominican <laughs> driving instructor <laughs> so i'm i got this down pat so then he says all right well you're gonna drive there now i'm like what so i'm driving on the, the garden state parkway which i don't like doing as is so I'm driving on the Garden State Parkway to this to this place. So we finally get there after being in traffic for about 30 minutes. And I'm a nervous wreck. You know, I'm a mess. Almost sweating through my shirt, whatever. And I don't sweat through my shirt. So I remember I was like, all right. I sat down. I took a breath. And I started praying. I said, Lord, just help me through this. Guide me through this. I says, you know, if I pass, if I pass. If I fail, I fail. It doesn't matter. Your God, let it be. All right. So I took some deep breaths. So then the instructor gets in the car. I forget his name, but he was a cool dude. So the second that man sat in that car and I started, Malcolm, I can tell you, I was watching myself drive that car. (laughs) I was hitting. That's the, I'm not a terrible driver by any means, but that was the, best i've ever done on a road ever i was hitting all the marks and 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 ronnie had given me some pointers he says you know at the end don't stop slow down and then go this is right before i had to do the parallel park so i go i stop at the sign i go around and do the k turns i do whatever and i'm watching myself do this test and i am hitting every point the k turn was perfect the merging was perfect my parallel parking ugh, beautiful i didn't I, I didn't i didn't feel like i was in control somebody else or something else was doing it and i just was watching myself do this and it was great well as soon as the test ended i came back to reality i came back to myself i came back to you know being in myself and i just remember looking at the instructor next to me and you know he's writing stuff down and i just remember being in the moment previously where i would hear oh you failed i'm looking at his papers and he goes rips it off hands it to me congratulations you passed i go (laughs) yeah i watched myself do my driving test i that was not me that was not me driving i can tell you that for sure because i don't think i've ever driven that well ever again the beautiful part is that's the time you need to drive the best everything else after that doesn't even matter well i am a pretty good driver i'll say that yeah so oh i mean you could you could drive how you want after that but that test is definitely important but oh shit man that's crazy that yeah like yeah i mean that's that's what it that's what it is right there it's just like a moment a, just a moment you don't know why sometimes there's obvious reasons why like you feel like it manifests you understand why but sometimes it just happens like yeah, you know I'm just when an average um, guy you know just a regular guy you know so i get it it happens yeah, man. we're we're prone to it and and one just one quick point because I feel like this is this is the important part. This is the underlying factor. I think personally, just me. I think 
in order for you for one to really to be able to connect with that kind of thing whether you're able to harness it and do it or whether it happens on a glimmer i think the most important thing is is having sound mind and sound body because if this is the most important part the organ of your body is your brain and even at like 90% fully functioning if this is working then it you can do anything honestly the thing that holds a lot of people back is not well some could be for physical limitations but a lot of the limitations comes from here and even if you have physical limitations there are still things that people can do that they can shine and we've seen it you know the paralympics is a perfect example of that but it's not just about also being an athlete it's also doing other things as well i've seen people who've had debilitating disabilities and and you know make their lives better by finding a niche in something but if you don't have a a sound mind then it's kind of like it's kind of like what's a good analogy i can use for that it's like driving a car and just not having the back wheels working you're just driving front wheel drive that's it and there's just no back wheels so you're all over the place this is the most important organ you have to take care of you know and i feel like nowadays there's so much mental health awareness but it still feels like a stigma just to talk about it sometimes and when it relates to your base form your brain needs to be strong in order for you to be able to really kind of harness that without just dumb luck you know what i mean yeah. i'm very big on that i am i'm really i'm very big on that mental health is very important like just taking care of your your mind and your 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 whole sense of being you know so i believe yeah i 1000% agree with you and i believe that um i believe that we're here this is a whole different episode but i'm just going to say i believe that we're here to elevate our mind body and soul those three things while you're here i believe that's the point of life that's the meaning of life is really mm -hmm. just because like i said like we just said this is just a experience just a human experience our spirits are in these bodies for a limited time these bodies are rentals we give these back after years so i feel like while we're here mm -hmm. the point is to just elevate your mind body and soul mm -hmm. just your mind fortify your mind as much as you can your body as much as you can your soul as much as you can and if you do all three of those things you can perform at an optimum level right um, as a person um mm -hmm. you know there's there's people i i believe that you can do two out of the three and still perform at a high level but i feel Absolutely. like three out of three and you you've won and that doesn't necessarily mean uh when i say mind body and soul that doesn't mean you have to be the smartest person and you have to be the strongest person and you no. have to be the most uh spiritually in tune person no what that means is for yourself your body obviously has to be the healthiest the strongest that you can um make it for yourself mm -hmm. your mind mm -hmm. has to be uh the sharpest that it could be 
for yourself. You don't have to know everything, but as long as you can be as sharp as you can be. And then spiritually, you just have to be in tune with yourself and your intuition and, right. you know, whatever it is that guides you, um, that you navigate the world with. And mm-hmm. those three things right. right there, I feel like are a conducive uh, um, combination that if you can really make those three things whole and make those thing, uh, things as powerful as you can, then you definitely have uh, achieved the highest you can as far as living life. And mm-hmm. to touch on, you know, your base form, like, um, I believe in our base forms, we, we're just at a marginal level with those things. We could walk mm-hmm. around with those things at a certain level. I believe, um, when we hit a, a peak, uh, when we, uh, sort of transform into something else or when we are in the zone or something, we elevate those things into, uh, those things shoot up sort of like mm-hmm. when you're, when you, uh, when you turn up the music and you're sort of bleeding the headphones, they sort of just shoot up into a, uh, a higher level and you're able to, you know, perform in those zone type of moments, those fight or flight moments. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're so, I mean, there's, I'm really trying to think, are there really any other moments in which you, evolve to that level i think there are other moments actually that we really didn't touch on too much but um there's also moments with other people there's moments that extend past yourself when you uh, have a strong connection with a a loved one or a friend i believe uh that's you entering a different mode as well when you have a strong bond Oh, yeah. Enter a different mode with a, a loved one, um, a relationship. Love itself can right. just turn just that's a different form all in its own and also friendship. See, so I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is something that I, you know, when it comes to relationships for myself, not only just friendships and also romantic relationships, but the the one thing that a lot of people tend not to understand, and this is something that some people may not necessarily really get until they have this experience. When you, and I'm going to primarily talk about romantic relationships because when it comes to platonic relationships, you know, I think we touched on this at one point when it comes to the friendships, do's and don'ts thing, you know, you have a connection with someone, shared interests, whatever, and it just kind of comes easy. That same rule applies for relationships like romantic relationship. But here's the thing. When you reach that level, like when you get out of your base level, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this with your significant other, and I do as well with mine. Um, and, and 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 the, and the thing is, oh, you can only be, you can only have this with one person. No, as you go through life and you meet different people, you can have different connections with different people. When they say, oh, there's plenty of fish out in the sea, like that's kind of true, because you can connect with many different people. It just depends on which one is the one that you end up sticking with, right? So. A lot of people tend to to take um, what is it like their feelings of lust 
as feelings of connection. So they think, I mean, and, 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 and being attracted to someone is definitely part of that. It is because that's one of the main keys is to hey, I have to be attracted to someone, whether you're attracted to them physically, you're attracted to them mentally, you're attracted to them, yeah. whatever. So that's part of it. But what, what the next step is, is to really be in tune with someone. That's when you know you're in love. I've had, and I, I say two instances, but I've had this happen to me before where like some, it just came so natural that it was like no effort needed. It was just, you were able to do what, you know, I was able to do in this form and it was enough, but it was a lot and it was enough, but it didn't feel like I was wasting energy or wasting time doing this. I've had connections with two people, women, that I could honestly say that if, you know, you wanted to go back in time and certain things were to happen. I mean, I'm not really one to be revisionist, but <clears throat> if that were the case, yeah, it could totally work because I had a connection with these two women, separate occasions, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, I had to I have to point that out. Um, because <laughs> I don't want anyone thinking, oh, we're starting at the same time, you know, completely separate, it's completely separate occasions. Yeah. I know, John, I was there, I was there both times. They, they were separate. <laughs> Damn you, Malcolm, you exposed me. Um, no, but there was one girl who, you know, we were very close, like we grew up, we kind of someone grew up together somewhat, and we were, it, it just, it just came easy, like I didn't have to, like, really just do so much to try and win this person over it's just like we clicked and it's hard to explain but like if you know you know and i'm trying to find a way to explain this other one that i knew she was great um we had a very deep connection it just kind of happened you know we you know we we had very similar interests and whatever but the timeline just didn't work like but for those two people i didn't have to like go through the whole song and dance of trying to like, you know, do the normal things of like, oh, so what kind of television shows do you like? Or what kind of food do you like? To eat? Do you like pecan ice cream? Let's go out and have a coffee date at Starbucks. I didn't have to do any of that. That was the thing. It just right. came easy where you just, you just, you got it. I got it. And so did these two women. Now, you know, it's not the case now because, you know, we've gone our separate ways, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. And that, like you said, is another, like, form away from your base form. And people don't have that experience and they end up mistaking their lust as love. And that's how you end up with people in bad relationships. And. I, and yeah, and I'm going to expand on that, too. I believe some of those instances where you have that deep connection or that effortless connection where that's another form, I believe, of just, uh, you know, just a bond that you share with somebody. It just brings something else out of you. I think, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes or a lot of the time people will take those moments and try to turn it into something more than maybe what it is. Maybe. Right. Sometimes those moments are just those moments. It's exactly what it is. Like maybe you just met somebody for that time period. And for that time period, you guys just have this inexplicable bond that you just share. Mm -hmm. And right. for whatever reason, you guys just click and it's just that. And maybe that was all it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, some people want to pursue it further because obviously it, 
you know, you can't blame somebody for wanting to pursue something that made them feel uh, absolutely really good uh, further. But, you know, sometimes I tried. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. We've all been there. But like, you know, sometimes in retrospect, just looking back and reflecting on things, maybe sometimes it's just that's what it was. That's what it was supposed to be. And it's hard to identify that. It's hard to have the you know wherewithal to be like, you know, I think that this was just like it, it was good. It was nice. I enjoyed that time that I spent with that person. And that was pretty mm-hmm. much supposed to be it. Whatever form that came in, whether it was a friendship or, you know, uh, a relationship or just like maybe a plutonic relationship or a uh, a lustful relationship, whatever it was, you know, it it's not always supposed to be. Like, oh, this is the person I got to marry. Obviously, you only marry unless, you know, you live by different rules. The majority, the vast majority of us only marry one person. Marry one person, yeah. um, Unless you're Osama bin Laden, something like that. Or you're polygamous. God rest his soul. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or polygamous. Uh, Yeah. 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 That is a thing. But no, I get what yeah. you mean. And and you're right. Dude. Sometimes, you know, you, and, and I think that's, you know, that's also just part of the experience of just, you know, fine tuning your mind, your body and your soul is going through these experiences where it's kind of like a trial, so to speak, you know, depending on what happens and what you do with it. Like you said, not everything's going to be, you know, not everything's going to turn out to be definite. You're going to go through things. You're going to have certain experiences in certain times. And you just got to move on. And what you gather from that is supposed to help strengthen you in, in another form some point down the line or maybe immediate. Who knows? But it's all about you know sharpening your mind and sharpening yourself when it comes to that. Because then once you enter another form again in some way – then you already have it, it's basically it's a form of practice in some form in that sense as weird as that sounds but it's true because now you take that relevant experience you're like okay well i'll just do that and you know this is where you know you already have an idea and it just happens so right yeah, well, yeah. i mean it yeah definitely work like that at times and you know, I just don't think, well, I don't think you can, um, you could just never predict when y- we have no control over when we're able to transform from our base form. And I think that's the one difference from, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z or any other show animation, um, in real life is mm-hmm. they're able to control it at a certain point and just flipping on and off i believe we're in our base form until we're not uh-huh it hits us oh yeah whatever the moment is it'll hit us and we elevate and then we come back down base form again was well, that the beauty of it though like this sort of spontaneity that comes behind it i mean that's why they always it always helps to be prepared and it just kind of adds a little bit more and <laughs> this sounds very millennial of me yeah, add a little more zest. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I don't know why I thought of that word. But no, but <laughs> it, it, it just, you know, I think that's the beauty of it. Because if everything was so rigid and like 
everything was so calculated, then it wouldn't it wouldn't be as profound if it were like, okay, at three o'clock in the morning, you're gonna have a moment and you're gonna like it. It's like it's you might as well just put a gun to somebody's head and force them to live like a robot. It's imp- he- but it's it's impossible to it's impossible to do. You can't um um you know Goku fighting a bad guy could turn Super Saiyan and just start fighting like that. We can't yeah. you can't meet somebody and just be like, oh, I'm just gonna have an, an infectious bond with this person. Bam, mm-hmm. like it doesn't work like that. You can't no. uh you can't play a basketball game and just. I'm going to not make any mistakes and I'm going to make every shot and not turn the ball over. And right. You, you know, things don't work like that. It, you know, it no. just had, that is the beauty of it. It just, mm-hmm. you don't know when it's going to happen. And it just really is just an alignment of just the stars at the moment. You mm-hmm. really can't, it's inexplicable. You can't. Absolutely. It. I agree. 100%. Spontaneity is the beauty of it. Really. Jeez, now I'm looking. You're talking about basketball. Think about how many times I try to get into my base form playing basketball, and I absolutely fail because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> terrible at basketball. I am yeah, terrible man, I, at basketball. I, I think I am too, but you know, oh, you're probably a lot better than me. I'll tell you, you could probably, you know, make oh no, nah, I'm better than you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Every, listen, everybody's but better than me. Yeah. Trust me. I'm just but, tall. Um, yeah, man. No, I, uh, you know, I like I said before, I feel like uh, Johnny Bravo or Vegeta. I feel like Vegeta. I feel like um, I'm him until him shows up. And then, and but I have the awareness to recognize that when right. him shows up, it's like, oh gotta, man, gotta take a step back. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not him. <laughs> yes, it's just funny because I don't live near him. I don't know where he lives. I'm the only one here, so. Well, he's somewhere. I tell you that much. Shoot. He's somewhere. He's somewhere out there. I haven't met him yet, but I know that when I meet him, I'll take a step back and be like, "You got, got it, it, bro." There you go. This is yours. <laughs> until so, that time, until that time, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like Vegeta. This has been a very Dragon Ball Z centric episode, but I'm like yes, Vegeta, man. Prince of all <laughs> Saiyans, the prince of all, uh. Uh, the prince of myself, the prince of my zone, my spirit, mm-hmm. my form. And that's what we all got to be. Just be the king, the prince, queen, princess of your, uh, of just yourself, your being, your spirit. Your domain. Your domain. Own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good bow to wrap on top. Absolutely. This episode, um, like I said, uh, towards the middle, we love all you guys, and we will chat with you on the next one. Bye.